Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. This is Women's History Month, or as some call it, Her Story Month. Um, I am thrilled to have invited 19 new-to-me writers uh, who will be joining me throughout the month of March. Uh, my first guest is Nicole Laren. Uh, Nicole writes as part of the Dark Cove Cocktail Mystery Series. And um, let me tell you a little bit about her. Just from talking to her in the green room, I can confirm that she is best known as being perky, quirky, and effervescent. <laughs> she is a USA Today bestselling author, and she definitely likes to have fun in life with her characters and, of course, her readers. Um, She admits to being sassy, which I love, because my first guest host when I started was um, Anne White, and we called ourselves Smart and Sassy. She was the smart one. I was the sassy (laughs) one. (laughs) So Nicole loves to laugh and shares the love. She lives in, in Texas with her husband and a cranky old cat named Bonzi, which I love because I have friends quite frankly, five cranky cats. Nicole Laren, welcome <laughs> to Authors on the Air. Thank you for being with me. Thank you so much, Pam. I'm so excited to be here and uh, to be one of your first guests uh, for Women's Her Story Month. Uh, I right. think that's an awesome play on words. And uh, I'm just just so excited and privileged uh, to be a part of this show. I, I, I mentioned to you before in the green room that, uh, you know, I listened to some of the other podcasts and uh, it, I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty excited to be a part of it. <laughs> we try to have a good time when we're, when we're on the radio, we want, you know, this is a personality driven show. I'm not a writer. Everybody knows that. And so uh, the other shows in the network all have, you know, very well-known highly awarded and best-selling authors as hosts, but me, I'm just a reader, and um, and I like everything for horror, by the way. I'm, I'm not a horror lover, but uh, I do like cozies, and oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I go back to the, harken back to the days of Vincent Price and Boris Karloff, black and white horror movies, and those oh, used to right. make me hide under my bed when I was a kid, so... <laughs> Exactly. I my imagination is so active that even just a glimpse of that stuff just it keeps me awake for weeks with nightmares. And so I'm like, yeah, I I I don't need to do that to myself. I have a hard enough time sleeping as it is. (laughs) Well, and here's the thing: I you know I'd rather be laughing at something quirky or or funny or rom com or whatever it happens to be. Even mysteries and thrillers I love, but you know, I don't, I don't need to be scared out of my wits to enjoy a book. That's for sure. So I want to, you know, you, you've been part of this group that writes in this particular, I guess there are a bunch of different worlds that have been created. So, um, you're part of the danger cove cocktail mysteries and the new book is, Dark Rub Revenge, a Danger Cove cocktail mystery, and it's book number four in the Danger Cove mystery series. How did you start writing professionally? Because you're a USA Today bestselling author. Congratulations. But what is it that, that motivated you and inspired you to become a writer? Honestly, like you, I am an avid reader. Uh, well, I was until I started writing. It's hard for me to read and write at the same time. I, I, I'm not sure why my brain won't function on those two levels at the same 
sometimes. So uh, when I'm writing, I typically don't read, but um, so when I'm taking a break between books, then that's when I get a lot of my reading in. But, um, you know, I started at a very young age reading, you know, the, and I loved mystery from the very beginning, the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, uh, Encyclopedia yep. Brown was actually one of my very first mysteries. And I love introducing, you know, young readers to that mystery and, you know, so that they learn to pick out the clues and, you know, and decipher yes. the red herrings from, you know, the real stuff. And, um, and so I, I did a lot of reading in my younger years. And then um, I, you know, I would, I would write stories for my little sister. I have a sister that's four and a half years younger than me. And so my dad, you know, would create characters when he would tell us stories. And then, so when he, you know, was busy at work or whatever, I would, you know, make up stories for her. And so they weren't written necessarily, but, you know, I would be started my storytelling at a young age. And then uh, when I got older, I went through, of course, you know, the, the teenage drama years, so poetry, so I could express myself, oh, yes. right? The, and, angst, the <laughs> angst of it all, right? <laughs> exactly. All those hormones I didn't know what to do with. Oh, I just yeah. put them down on paper. There so uh, then when I got a little bit older, I discovered the world of fan fiction, and I don't know, you know, a lot of people aren't necessarily familiar with it, but it's this huge, huge genre, and there are, I mean, millions of fan fiction stories out there, and I discovered it quite by accident, and I started reading it a lot, and I kept thinking, I could do that, and, and there were stories like plot lines that I wanted to tell about some of my favorite characters, and so I started doing that, and over the course of several years, I developed quite a following and people were loving my stories and my writing style. And, and I thought, wow, I, maybe I should write my own story, like with my own characters, just for the official record, way harder. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I got started on it and, you know, I, I, I told my story, I finished writing and I was so excited because I was like, the first time I typed the end and it took years. Cause you know, it was like one of those things you'd pick up for a while and then you'd put back because life got in the way and sure so I finally typed the in and I was like yay I'm like well now what you know <laughs> the deal so um so I did what everyone does when they don't know what to do or don't have the answer I googled it and <laughs> so there you go. I, I discovered that uh, when you finish writing a novel the next thing you have to do is learn how to write a hook pitch and query and so I you know actually signed up for a class on savvy authors and I took that and an agent was running the class and um, she, you know, as she was teaching us how to do this, you know, when we got done, she said, you know, if you'd like to query me, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to read your, your story. And so I thought, oh, that must be part of the class. She does that for everyone. But that wasn't the case. When I looked on the message boards, I was like, oh, okay. So of course, <laughs> in my quirky, uh, sassy self, I said, well, as soon as you teach me to write a query letter, I'll be happy to send one to you. <laughs> so there you go. She actually, Good. she helped me write the query letter I sent to her. And then uh, she eventually became my agent. And ironically, though, that first book that I wrote has, still has yet to be published. Um, so <laughs> I had to go back to the drawing board and I wrote, you know, some more. And I had actually had two contemporary sweet romances that were um, published. And then, um, after that, my publisher actually said to me, hey, listen, we have some openings in this Danger Cove world. I don't know if you would be interested in writing mysteries, but, you know, I, I'd be interested to read something, you know, that you wrote if you'd like to. So I read some of the books and I, um, you know, and she said, we really, we have an opening in the tavern. I said, oh, I have experience with that. 
I, I know how to drink. <laughs> so she, uh, <laughs> she said, well, good. And uh, so that's how we created. And she's like, well, we're going to be, you know, transitioning out. Um, the, the author, Sybil Hodge, had written a couple, the first two right. books in the Danger Cove cocktail, and which I loved. It was, I think it was Murder in My Ties and Killer Colada. And I loved them. They were so much fun. And so what we did is I created a, new characters, and we slowly, you know, in the first book – uh, that I wrote, Heroes and Hurricanes, um, Hope was, you know, very much involved in it. And then, you know, from a, like, almost like an advisory type standpoint, she was the owner and Lily was the new bartender. And then over the course of four books, we've kind of transitioned Hope out. She's now more of a silent partner because um, we didn't want to, you know, lose Hope because we love Hope. And uh, she sure. was the original, you know, owner and or, you know, that was running it. So, uh, so she's now Lily's silent um, partner, and Lily's now part owner of the tavern. So that's kind of how we slowly transition from one main character to the next. But um, it's a fascinating world to be in Danger Cove. I mean, people are just dying to get out of there. <laughs> that was so cliche, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> Obviously. I have you to know, tell you, it's, it's funny. No, no, no. You continue your thought. I was just going to say it's funny. And when I was writing one of the books um, – Lily uh, needs to go to a, a cemetery. And so I, part of what we have to do is whenever there's something that goes on in the, the whole world, we, we send an email out to all the authors that write in and be like, Hey, has anyone, you know, had someone go to a cemetery? And if so, what's, what's the name? And, you know, just so could we want to keep details consistent. Sure. And sure. uh, we have like, you know, what we call the danger Cove Bible that has all the, sure. you know, the, the recurring characters and things like that. But uh, so I asked, I said, you know, is anyone, you know, do we have a cemetery? Is there a name for it? That kind of thing. Where is it at? And like, everyone's like, no, no. And I'm like, we have people die every book and there's no cemetery there. That's why we ended up naming it the rest in peace with W R E S T I N. Oh, that cemetery. is cute. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> you know, you had a very unconventional path to publishing. Most, um, most writers struggle for a long time to find an agent, never mind, you know, take a class by the agent who teaches them to query <laughs> to themselves and then gets published. So you're with the Gemma Halliday group, correct? Yes. 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 Um, I, uh, uh, Gemma signed me on actually for, with my romances to begin with. Um, it was not typical and traditional for her publishing house because right. she typically is cozy mysteries and, uh, right. but she really loved the story um, that I told in my writing style. And she said, uh, and it was interesting because it, when I first wrote it, it was, you know, your traditional romance and she rejected it. And, but it was one of the nicest rejection letters I've ever gotten. And I said to my agent, I said, I kept waiting for when she was going to say, no, thank you. Cause it was so nice. And um, finally it all came down to the fact that because the lar- her large majority of her readership is cozy mysteries, they prefer, you know, more closed door, romance scenes you know there's no on-screen uh things like that and so I I I thought about it like you know for about 24 hours and I called my agent back and I said so what if we offered to close the door and she said well I 
I, I, I was hoping you would say that. She's like, I didn't. Some authors get very, you know, particular about their story, and they don't want to sure. change anything. But um, I'm like, listen, I got somebody who likes my stuff. I'm not going to be like, mm, no, thanks. I'm just going to keep getting rejections. It's all right. So, uh, <laughs> so she, uh, right. so we offered to close the door, and she said, if you'll close the door, I'll sign you for a two book deal. And so, I was like, uh, okay, door consider because it's much easier to close the door than it is to leave it open, right? Sure <laughs> so when you're writing yeah. anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And those are kind of angsty scenes anyway, for a lot of people to write. And Mm -hmm. um, so you have to make your decision, you know, and obviously you were flexible enough and had enough imagination to be able to turn your stories into cozy romance mysteries. And that's the Mm -hmm. whole key. I have to tell you though, Danger Cove does not sound like a very big town and I would not want to visit there. It's kind of like murder. She wrote everybody in the small (laughs) town is getting knocked off or anybody who comes to visit, you know, they're dying. So (laughs) it's kind of like on the, uh, like the Star Trek things, whenever someone goes down for an away mission, that's not in the command structure. You're like, Oh, I know who's going to get sacrificed here. Right. There you (laughs) go. New new person in town. (laughs) Yep. It's always a new character. You haven't, scene who's brave enough to step up and say but captain i'll do it so so there you go exactly (laughs) so lily is your main character correct yes Mm -hmm. okay so and she is the owner and bartender of smuggler's tavern right she started out as the bartender and then uh, became assistant manager and then part owner so she kind of moved her way up the ranks. <laughs> so the newest book that just released on February 18 is called Dark Rum Revenge. Um, I mm-hmm. like, I love the covers of your books. They're very emblematic of cozy romance mysteries and that you have a little, I can't tell if that's your cat on the cover with it. I think it might be a little kitty cat on the cover. Um, is that your nod to your cat? Yes. Well, it's so funny because there are, are pets in so many cozy mysteries. And for the right. longest time, you know, Lily didn't have a pet, mostly because she, you know, in the first book, she barely had a place to live. So that right. doesn't really, you know, and then she was busy, you know, well, solving crimes and, you know, keeping murderers and things like that. So she didn't really have time, but I thought, well, you know what? I think it's time. So we actually had a contest um, uh, among my readers to name Lily's cat. And so uh, the, and a, the winner, you know, got their name in the acknowledgments of the, uh, of the book. So, uh, so yeah, they came and there was a lot of fantastic names, but we ended up going with Watson, which is uh, of course, you know, a nod to of course. Uh, Sherlock and Watson. Okay. And so, uh, so, yeah, so we had a lot of fun with that throughout, the, you know, when the cat first came into her life and how <laughs> Watson came in and then some of the fun dialogue she had between her and the cat. Um, of course, the cat, you know, simply responds with meow, and then Lily would interpret right. what the right. cat said. So my, my cat doesn't talk like some of the others uh, do in some of the other books, but uh, <laughs> but well, we had a lot of fun want, with that. Yeah, You don't know what the cats are thinking. You only know if you tick them off because you get a scratch or a hiss. And if you're lucky, you'll get kisses, you know. So anybody who's a yeah. who owns a cat or has owned a cat knows that. But you know something that's true when I think about it. A lot of the cozies that I've read, um, and there's a pretty fair amount of them that have cats in the in the mm-hmm. cover. Uh, not as many other animals, you know, dogs too, but but mostly cats, I think. And I always associate, um, like in a bookstore, 
every bookstore that I go into that's independently owned, it seems like has a bookstore cat, you know, sleeping on right. on the stacks on on the shelves someplace. So that makes sense. Exactly. So, yeah. so tell us about Dark Rum Revenge. Sure, sure. Well, this one is. Um, Lily, of course, is, uh, you know, finds her way into trouble. She she never actually looks for it, despite what the local police force uh, thinks. And so uh, she's uh, she gets along well with everyone, uh, but she has a, a huge fear of bugs. Um, she might get that from me. Um, <laughs> so uh, she, uh, and so, right, so we kind of, you know, poke fun at her throughout all the books. But in this one, um, there is a creepy old abandoned motel just outside of town and it has become the focal point because the uh the owner uh has died and left it to his grandson who wants to just get rid of it and so it's going to go up on the auction block so it brings of course lots of new people into town uh some more obnoxious than others and of course the most obnoxious one is our murder victim because you know, we want somebody who everyone doesn't like to be the one who gets right. killed. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, but because this, uh, you know, was a motel and there was talk about perhaps, you know, someone renovating it to become a, a bed and breakfast or, you know, a, a hotel that would compete with Ocean View Bed and Breakfast, which is, you know, uh, part of the um, Danger Cove world as well. So uh, Bree Milford, who runs that for her parents, you know, she and Lily are friends. And um, so she convinces her to go, you know, check this place out and see what all the fuss is about. And, of course, that's the last place on earth Lily wants to be because she just knows it's crawling with all kinds of creepy crawlers. <laughs> and uh, so but Bree reminds her that she owes her because, you know, they've done things to help each other throughout the time so and you know Lily looks to her BFF Mandy to you know for confirmation and she's like yeah I'm pretty sure the tally is that you owe her so she's like she was no help <laughs> so they go yeah. and of course the door isn't locked you know it has one of those realtor things on it but it was already unlocked so they figure someone's already in there so they go in and they uh, find a squatter and um, who they introduce themselves to and everything like that and then when they go upstairs um, they discover uh, the body of Camilla Cartwright, who was, of course, the most obnoxious one of the real estate investors who uh, she reminded me in my head of like uh, Corella DeVille off of uh, the Devil ah, Wears, you know, the, yeah. the one who Devil Wears Prada, yes. how she kind of like played right. that. And so that's who I had yeah. in my mind <laughs> whenever I was writing her. So and uh, yeah, so and of course, then, you know, Lily and Bree's fingerprints are in there and, you know, they found the body and all these other things. And so uh, the mystery is begins then to figure out who did. So when they go back downstairs to, you know, let the guy know that he should probably leave, the police are going to be here soon because they, they at least do call the police to report that the door was unlocked anyway. They don't report the body, but they report the door is unlocked and he's gone, which of course makes them think that he might have been the killer. And so it just, and then from there, you know, all the new people in town are suspects. Um, Lily gets called as a suspect. Bree, of course, is. And uh, so we just have a lot of twists and turns and some things I learned from watching um, NCIS LA are in there. So uh, that was fun really? to incorporate, uh, yeah, some spy things that I learned. Uh, so. <laughs> I can't tell you, you what though, because anyone who hasn't read it, that'll give it away. <laughs> so. we're, well, we're not we're not giving anything away. Don't worry about that. Right? No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> That's right. So, um, you have um, written how many books in this particular series? Four books. And how long mm -hmm. does it take from the time you sit down to write to the time the book is published? 
if life cooperates with me and because I still work a full-time uh, I call it my day job. Um, right. <laughs> so um, if, uh, if, you know, if I don't have a lot of travel or, or nothing comes up unexpected, I can typically write uh, the first draft of the book um, in four months, um, wow. which I know is a long time for a lot of people. But again, I'm, you know, I don't think so. Working... Oh, okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> so I'm I mean, anywhere of between... anyone who, I can, I'm in <laughs> awe of anyone who can write a book, never mind in four months. I think that's terrific. So, yeah, you know, it's usually um, four to six months, but I, if I'm really focused and especially if I'm under deadline, that always helps motivate me. Um, sure. You know, because I, I, so I actually use, um, there's a program that got put out there called Write Track. It's W-R-I-T-E Track, and um, it's free. You can make donations to it, but basically you can go in and put, you know, name your project, what your targeted word count was, when you're starting, when you have to finish, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um and then you can go in and you can assign a weight. So, like, for instance, I always gave more weight to the weekend because I wasn't working. Um, so through the week, um, you know, I might say, okay, I want to hit, you know, because it'll take and basically if you don't put any weights in, it'll say, okay, if you're you're starting today and here's where you have to finish, this is the amount of words, then this is how many words you have to write every single day to hit that goal. Wow. So you, you can adjust it and say, you know, I want only 25% through the week and then I'm going to do 200% on the weekend and it'll, you know, adjust that out for you. But it was, I'm a very visual person. So uh, yeah, with, yeah. by having need that, it, yes, yes. yeah. So it'll, it'll, you know, almost like a thermometer, you know, you're, you're hitting your goal or you're not, or you're behind and they'll tell you how many words sure. you should have written by now, how many you have. And um, so, yeah, so it, it helps keep me on task. Oh. oh, that's a great idea. I know that they have in Scrivener does the same thing. It'll keep track, but I don't know if it gives the prompts the way this particular program does. But, you know, it sounds great. I mean, that if that's what you need to to write. So let me ask you, I want you to paint a picture for me of what you look like when you're writing. What does your writing <laughs> space look like? Do you have coffee? Are you burning a candle? Is your cat sitting with you? Are you in a quiet zone where you demand absolute just peace? Or, you know, does mm-hmm. the hustle and bustle bother you? I know you said you didn't read while you write. A lot of people tell me that. But describe mm-hmm. Nicole in her while she's writing. All right. Well, she's she's sitting at a desk nine times out of ten. Every once in a while, if if she's been sitting at a desk all day, she'll switch and be in a recliner. But most of the time, she's sitting at her desk. She has all of her notes, her you know the her Danger Cove Bible out, pictures of her characters, her main characters, and any new characters are on a big bulletin board in front of her. So she has visual wow. reminders of what they look like. Um, and then she always uh, like for my main characters, I have written you know, anything that I've used to describe them in the past, like about, you know, their birthday or what they like. Sure. Like I'll have that up there so that I don't forget. Um, I, I can't to music. Um, I used to like, and sometimes if I know I'm going to write a particular scene, um, I might listen to music that helps me get into that mindset beforehand. But then once I get ready to start writing, no music, but white noise, I need a fan or something like that. Um, because, total silence then I hear every little thing and that's very distracting every, so every creak in the house yeah mm-hmm. that's interesting yep, absolutely that's interesting. <laughs> so, um, so does your day job caffeine. know that you are absolutely does your day <laughs> job know that you are a USA Today best-selling author um 
some of them know, like some of the people I work with. Matter of fact, uh, one of my colleagues that's in another location, um, I got an email from her today saying that she had uh, finished reading the book and how much she enjoyed it. And she told me the things that she liked. And she said, and I left a review on Amazon. I was like, oh, so uh, I I don't typically... I don't typically announce it. Um, I just, uh, you know, it's funny, though, because a lot of times other people who know that when we're in a standing in a group, they'd be like, hey, did you know she's a USA Today bestselling author? And I, of course, I blush. And they're like, no. And they're like, well, tell us about what you write. And so then I'll, I'll tell them and I'll give them a card that has, you know, my website and stuff on so they can go check it out. But I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I get <laughs> I'm not a very good you know, salesperson or promoter, marketer, I guess. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, I always hear people say when I'm at book signings or, you know, events where authors are around and someone will say, do I know anything that you've written? And I want to say, you know, smack them inside of the head and say, what do you mean? Do you know anything they've written? You either know the name or you don't. I mean, right, exactly. You know, you're either a reader or you're not. What kind of a question is that? You know, right. that's kind of saying, exactly. you know, <laughs> So are you saying you don't go home and beat your cat? You know, it's kind of like that right, kind of a exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So, it is. And because especially to your point, if someone's coming to like a author event, I mean, the author's names are all over. So if you were that curious, you would have looked it up ahead of time. Right? Exactly. That's <laughs> so, right. You know, if you're wandering into the bookstore, if you wander into the bookstore and you see a crowd of people sitting in chairs and there's a guy talking or a woman talking at a table explaining a story, you got to figure, you know, and there's probably right, exactly. a table out front with all their books on there. So it's like, here's your sign, really right? Right. <laughs> exactly. So funny. Um, mm. Please tell everyone your website. Absolutely. It's, of course, www.nicole, and that's N-I-C-O-L-E, and then Laren, L-E-I-R-E-N.com. So and you can find out all Nicole's about me there. site <laughs> is just lovely, by the way. I encourage you to go there. Uh, the thing I like about it is it's very easy to maneuver around. And, you know, there Good. aren't all these bells and whistles shocking at you. Nothing's flashing in your eyes or anything. And your first book is right up there with easy easy purchase purchase options. I want to tell everyone that right now, uh, Nicole's book that just released less than two weeks ago has across the board, five-star ratings. So um, it is definitely one, if you like cozy romantic mysteries and cozy mysteries with a little twist, you're going to love this. Um, Before I let you go, uh, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed this a lot. Um, It has been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's Women's History Month. Um, What woman inspires you? Uh, I mean, this is going to sound cliche, but really, I mean, the woman who's inspired me most in my life has been my mother, um, who, by the way, gives me grief that in all my books, uh, the relationship between my the protagonist and her mother is never good. And I'm like, Mom, that's not drama. That's there's no drama in that. If they get along perfectly, you know, <laughs> there's no drama. So she's like, I just thought you were trying to tell me something, and I'm like, No. Aww. But you, but you know what? She has. Uh, both my parents uh, have believed in me from. I, I can't ever remember a time when they've ever said or did anything um, that made me feel like they didn't believe in me, that they didn't, um, you know, matter of fact, when I released my very first book, um, my mom uh, got me a bracelet that said she believed she could, so she did. And um, it just, uh, you great. know, she's been That's a hard worker her whole things. life. Yeah. Uh, me too. Me give too. Give a shout out to your mom by her first name. Helen, I love you and you are awesome and you are 
the mom that every person wishes they could have. <laughs> so thank you for being my oh. mom. <laughs> oh, that's so, and Helen, so. happy Women's History Month, and you're making history with your daughter, too. I am so <laughs> thrilled that you've been here. And Nicole, thank you so much for being with me. The new book is called Danger Cove. It's part of the Danger Cove Mysteries, um, and it's called Dark rum revenge it's the danger cove cocktail mystery i want to point that out because there are a lot of different moving parts in the danger cove series nicole Aaron, thank <laughs> you are. so much for being my guest please come back again sometime i would love to thank you pam for having me and everyone for listening you guys are awesome thank, thank you thank you so much and that's my cue to get going i want to thank everyone for listening and thank you mom and dad i'll see you later mm-hmm.